0: Hawks, Hawks live. live every Thursday night at 7 live at Pearl Seafood and Oyster Bar in Bellevue's Lincoln Square. Brought to you by Heritage Distillings Batch number 12 vodka. Come on, guys. Let me take over. And legendary donuts on 710 ESPN Seattle.
1: Hey, welcome back to Hawks Live! It's Dave Wyman and Paul Moyer and let's give it up for Jake Martin, linebacker, rookie out of temple. I want you to know, Jake, that's as big of a, of a applause as we've gotten in a long time. Hey, you? nice, man. That's yeah, to a <laughs> nice. I just uh, build uh, linebackers as being the smartest, best-looking, uh, most athletic, uh, everything. Uh, don't you think, at that position? Oh, yeah, I think per- that works perfectly. Uh, yeah. I put yeah. That's well put, right? Yeah. Jake, you you know what? Uh, you've done a great job. I, I've loved watching you. and I, I love this group. I want you to talk a little bit about... Before we get back into your past, talk about this group of young guys. And here's what, something I want you to know. Uh, Ken Norton. Have you watched your your coach's uh, film, Ken Norton Jr.? Yes, I have. have. He's a really good player. He played when I did, and he was like a superstar, really a good player. But one of the things he said, and this is where I think this is really encouraging to Seahawks fans, he said, I have a very high opinion of this rookie class. He said, you guys show up early, you stay late, you don't complain, you you ask questions, you soak up the knowledge, and uh, I'm really excited about what there's nine of you, Right in one capacity or the other from this draft, not to mention Puna Ford, who is a free agent. You guys, uh, you seem like a,
2: a great group and a pretty tight knit group. Yeah, I would say uh, we, we all get along very well. You know, it's a it's, it's, a, it's a, it was a great draft class. I'm not sure how other teams' uh, draft classes turned out, but uh, I know here with, with the Seahawks, you know, it's a it's a team full of great guys. You know, they want to get good guys that work hard. You know, that are humble uh, to come to work every day. So uh i'm I'm very excited to see see what this draft class talk
1: talk about being humble because that was one of the things that that pete uh i know he said it to even like shakim griffin when he came came through the doors and what exactly uh pete's talking
2: about when when he says stay humble um just 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 don't blow yourself up you know don't don't get too uh excited when you when you read things in the media you know uh, when you see things on twitter or instagram and stuff like that and uh I think it's kind of more, more so a reminder, you yeah. know, because uh, everyone in, everyone in this, the, the draft class is very, very humble, you know. Um, guys that are eager to, to work and to learn, you know, that are uh, appreciative of, of the vets like Dwayne Brown and uh, uh, Justin Britt and Bobby and KJ and those kind of guys. So um, just, just trying to be great.
0: You've taken uh, quite the journey. Uh, I, met, like, I was just in Denver last week, and you're from Aurora, Colorado. You end up at Temple. Come, you know, to the Seahawks now. Take us through that journey. How did that all play out? Because um, Temple, I mean, have they ever, are you the first guy they've ever recruited from I am. Colorado? I,
2: I am. I mean,
0: that's, that's a crazy yeah, well, story in itself.
2: Yeah, so I, I I was looking at a few schools in Colorado, you know, uh, CU Boulder and Colorado State, Wyoming, and New Mexico, uh, the ma- majority of the uh, the Mountain West Conference. And um, uh, I... All those schools were great, great schools and stuff like that, but they just weren't for me, you know. Um, and I, I told my, I talked to my brother who's actually playing right now. My brother plays with the Jets, so I'm excited. To see <laughs> yeah, it. yeah, it's, it's been, right <laughs> hard for you. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. He goes, he's playing right now. No, I mean like right now. Yeah. He's out on the field. So, um, so anyways, but at the time he played for the Kansas City Chiefs, and uh, I was, t- I told him was like. These schools are great and everything like that, but uh, this is not for me. Like I, I want to go. He went to Columbia and I enjoyed uh, visiting him in the East Coast, and I felt like I, I could go bigger. Um, so I asked him to share my film with some of his coaches. I know that they had worked with um, UConn, uh, George DeLeon, and uh, Mark DeLeon. Um, he shared my film with them and uh, got it to Matt Rule. Matt Rule called me back, and I got a chance to go out there to visit. You know, I took took three of my five visits. And um, my mom kind of put it in in words of, like, buying a new home. You know, you you can feel what's home when you you get in the house, you know, or, like, when you get off the plane. Um, So I ask myself every time I I land in a new spot, you know, is this home for the next four to five years? And uh, Philly was most, took care of me for sure.
1: Is Matt Rule the guy that, uh, have you ever seen Chris Farley, the van down by the river? Is that that guy? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no. he, he did a halftime interview one time one at the, co- the temple coach one time. oh
0: uh
2: you're talking about uh ed foley man ed
1: foley yeah was, i'm like where coach, are you going with we this got a one kid with a dislocated finger and he's oh, out there playing. i mean this guy i
2: was, love foley man he's he's, a, he's our tight ends coach and special teams coordinator he's yeah. been at temple for years i think about it, maybe he's gone maybe 10 years at temple university the, yeah i think he's the long i think he's the oldest coach on the staff or
1: well, the thing I appreciate about Temple, and mostly I get this from Brock Heward who uh, works at our station, and he does college football, is that Temple is one of those kind of old-school, hand-in-the-dirt, you run the ball, quarterback under center, you, you, uh, you huddle up on offense anyway, and uh, it seems like kind of an old-school sort of throwback type of football at Temple.
2: Yeah, you know, we're, we're a big believer in uh, establishing the run on offense, you know, and stopping the run on defense, you know... Uh would you what? say
1: Temple Tough or something like Temple
0: that? Temple
2: Tough, man. Yeah. Temple Tough, and it's T-U-F-F. Right. Temple Tough.
0: Who, uh, who, who is? By the way, who is the tight end coach you were talking about? That's just nuts.
2: Ed Foley. It, coach Foley.
0: It, what's the closest Seahawk coach like that? Is there one?
2: Oh, this staff is full full of characters, man. So, uh, I he's he's more of a uh, what was that guy's name? Uh, McFarley. Uh, yeah. Uh, the comedian that like the like, yeah, the, like yep, he uh, passed away. Yeah, Fuck,
1: uh, yeah. It's Come
2: far, on, help right? us out,
0: Farley, it's
1: Farley, Chris Farley, Chris, Chris Farley. Farley. Chris yeah. Farley. Yes. I,
2: I don't know if we have any Chris Farley types on the Seahawks staff, <laughs> <laughs> but but it, it's certainly a a great mixture of personalities. You know, a whole, whole lot of funny guys on on the defense. So.
1: Well, tell us about uh, when you got to Temple. Uh, you're a journalism major, right? Yes, I am. Okay, so what? Do you have any plans? And because I was a communications guy in college, mm-hmm. and I thought after nine years in the NFL, like the last thing I want to do is go be a radio guy or TV guy, and yet here I am. And and uh, do you have plans for that kind of thing later, or is it um, too early for that?
2: No, I, th- I think it's all- it's always important to um, to get some internships and stuff like that in the offseason. You can never, you can always. Uh, broaden your horizon, you know, and th- those kind of things, open some doors, you know, you probably open more doors while you're playing than than after you're playing, sure. so, um, of course I, w- I want to get into broadcasting, I'm not sure what, with what, yeah, I'm not sure if I want to do football or like any kind of traditional sports, um, maybe more of like the action sports world, like skateboarding or like snowboarding, mm-hmm. oh. and, like X Games kind of stuff, so, uh, I Most definitely, we'll be doing that after my career is over. What, what's your what your brother mean to you?
1: Uh, you said he's he's playing tonight. He's playing for the New York uh, Jets, and you know how much uh, has he helped prepare you for the NFL? And did, did that? Do you find that's a pretty good advantage having a brother that played?
2: Oh, 100. You know, my, my brother, my brother has a great story. You know, he was an undrafted free agent out of an Ivy League school. You know, and he, he's always been the hardest worker I've ever known. Um, he's he's sets good examples for me and for me and my, my other brother. And the rest of the kids in the house. It kind of sets the standard, you know, for, for for us. You know, my parents always wanted us to be individuals and stuff like that. But um, when you're when you're just competitive in nature, you're like like all of us are, you know, all of us are, are, are athletes, and uh, you know, we're always competing against one another. You know, it was always, it was awesome watching him do his thing. You know, he, he works hard, harder than anyone ever met. You know, and uh, having him uh, going into year seven right now. Um, I most definitely had a leg up, you know, in an off season. He's figured it all out, you know. He's he's figured out how to do things, how to, how to recover, how to treat your body, you know, how to have fun, um, and just taking those steps to, to to play in this game for a long time.
0: You know, the, watching you uh, in preseason, you, you, we're always looking and talking, and, and you flashed. I mean, you your athletic ability flashed right away. <clears throat> One, who's a better athlete, you or Josh?
2: Oh, me. He he'll tell you. He'll tell you. Okay. He'll tell you.
0: I mean, so, you know, <laughs> seven years in the NFL. That's a, that's a good that's a good football player. But you come from and your mom coached track I mean, that's a yeah. You got a, some pedigree there along the way. What do you I mean, because times they're going. Is he going to be a defensive end? Is he a linebacker? You know, what what is it that you love doing?
2: Um, I like hitting people. Yeah. You know, I, I like rushing <laughs> the a good passer. Start. You yeah. know, I like rushing the passer. You know, and um, I just like to to do whatever the team needs me to do, you know. Um, I like to have that kind of versatility. Um, you know, you ask me to, to do something, I'll try my, my best ability to get that job done. You know, so where, wherever I can help out uh, on the defense, you know, to to have a, an active role on this team, whether it's contributing on special teams um, or, or coming in on third downs and rushing the passer or um, playing first and second down at Sam Linebacker, whatever the case may be, um, I'll do it, so... You drafted in the sixth round this year, um, what did you did you have an agent and everything going into the draft? What what did you expect? Um, to be honest, I you know people tell you all kinds of stuff. You know, like they had me going anywhere from three to seven. Yeah, you know, and I, I didn't have a combine invite. I didn't have a Senior Bowl invite. You know, and uh, I had opportunity after my pro day. You know, to meet with the, a lot of teams. You know, so that that. Not necessarily surprised me, um, but it was, it was a lot more than I anticipated. Um, so I was hopeful after after meeting with all, all the teams that I met with and working out with all the teams I, I worked out with you know and uh, I, I enjoyed my visits you know and i 'm happy I ended up here. Did you take a visit here <laughs> as well
1: okay that 's great w- What about uh, when you 're drafted? what's uh what did that uh call
2: from did, was it john schneider that called you yeah john and pete tell us what that was like um well it was it was going to day three you know and i was and i was it was probably like the most like stressful i don't even know why i was stressed like i i, I don't know why i was stressed but like it was the most like stressful and anxiety filled moments like leading up lead, like that whole day you know you're you're watching the first couple rounds, like you watch the first, or second round. You're like, "Oh, I'm not going first, second round, so I can go ahead and watch this and chill out, whatever, <laughs> you know." And then the the third, uh, the second and third rounds were the same day, right? So like, you watch the second, and third rounds, so and then day day three comes around, you're like, "Oh, well, I can go today, you know." So I was just trying to my 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 family was downstairs, um, and I was upstairs watching TV, you know, trying to keep my mind off. And my mom had like set up this whole like party thing going on, and I was just trying to stay lay low, you know, just relax and uh, keep my mind off you know not watch the draft so
0: and you mentioned you you weren't invited to the Combines no why do you think that is and what's that process now I mean it's changed so much when when Dave and I were playing I mean it was very different but what's that process
2: like I, I just think that you just gotta be careful with who you're dealing with you know you gotta understand that um your agent can't get you to the Combine you know what I mean like that's that's not a thing so like when they tell you that just don't work with that person you know what I mean you gotta you just gotta pick and choose who you work with carefully. You know, there's a lot of a lot of false promises um, dealing with uh, with people in this business. You know, so um, I, I it's just, one. It doesn't really matter. You know, if you if you have the talent, you have the talent. You know, if you if if that staff and the, that GM and um, the front office people enjoyed their conversations with you. Um, then they'll they'll take a chance on you know if you can play football at, at a high level you know you meet their criteria you know you, you meet the look test or whatever whatever the case that may be you know there's always a look test in football so
0: that that they, they, you got that right <laughs> and you pass that no, I mean I've, you you really are a gifted athlete I mean I've loved watching you come off the edge I know you've been getting some time you said in third down mm-hmm. along the way I mean are you are you adjusted to that I mean the, the game to go obviously the preseason. To the regular season, it is everything's so much faster. Oh, yeah. Adjusted already?
2: Yeah, I would. I would say so. You know, um, you got a little, you got a little bit of taste of it uh, in, in the preseason. Uh, preseason game three. You know, when the when the starters play the majority of the game. Um, so I, the change wasn't that drastic, um, but it, it's the most. It's a definite change for sure. You know, guys are, are are flying around for sure. What
1: have you heard from the, the vets about? Uh, opening day that you're going to experience on Sunday. I, I saw Shaquille. He was saying that I just want to look into my brother's eyes when he goes out there for the first time in
2: front of this crowd here. See, like I, like having the, the was it the, was the, the first priest in the game was home, correct? Yeah. So, uh, like that was crazy to me. You know what I mean? Because like I like we never like we had crowds like that maybe at Temple when we played Penn State or Notre Dame or something like that. we were college game day, or whatever. Um, that was the only time it was something like that. Even even then, it was nowhere near as loud as it was uh, in, in the ceiling. So I'm excited. I'm am really excited to be in front of the 12s. Oh, so. it's
0: it's uh, it's an experience along the way. You know, I wanted to ask you. You know, with Pete Carroll and the coaching staff, you're you're a rookie. And sometimes they treat rookies different. You know, like you know, sometimes it's, don't be too hard on them. But w- tell me about what they expect from you. You know what do they talk to you about as a rookie and the expectations you're going to play as a is a conversation different to you to what maybe some of the vets they talk to um I would
2: say that they 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 try to tell you what you know you can do best, right so like you like I know I have a good good off, I know I can burn the edge, I know I can rush the passer. I know I'm athletic in space, right. And they know i i can pick up information really well so you know as pete walks like does his little zigzag during <laughs> dur- in the morning during stretch or in the afternoon during stretch you know he comes by and say like it's a third down period day or a third down day you know he did just like just make sure you do this or like he'll watch the film and from the day before like oh yeah i saw you had this many good rushes how about try something like this today or something like that or maybe work with coach Jethro and working on turning that inside toe you know it's like like little little details of things to to get you to that level where they know you can be so just it's always learning and working the game I think that's that's the biggest difference you know but even the older guys that way as well the the older guys they need us to win just like we need them to win you know what I mean so they want all of us to be working well and gelling together and they'll give us their pointers their two cents even about it could be about anything you know about life it could be about relationships you know it could be about football it could be about family whatever whatever the case may be so it's pretty cool
1: it's so much better yeah. now you know i mean when i came in uh, this guy treated me like crap for well. a good year while i was a rookie you know it but it was <laughs> i had to earn it right but exactly. but no it's i don't know it's it's a better trend that the nfl is on now where guys are helping each other out and i think mm-hmm. people don't realize that because even a guy that you're competing with He's going to help you out, you yeah. know, and just say, "Hey, look, you know, we'll put our best out there, and whoever wins wins, wins the job." And it uh, it seems like uh, more than ever, and especially at this franchise, I think it's different just because Pete and John are that way. They they feel like, "Hey, you need to take care of the young guys." They're really into, they're supportive of the younger players, and they're not afraid to play them either. And that's what, what's really cool here
2: mm-hmm. for this young group that you guys have. Yeah, I would say, I would say that. I've never been anywhere else, you know. But my brother, from from him telling me that the things he's heard around the league, you know, this is one of the best places to be, you know, in, ter- in terms of being a young guy coming into the NFL. You know, um, you know he he was lucky enough to have Tamba when he was in Kansas City and Justin Houston, those guys that took care of him and uh, try to pass down the, their knowledge yeah. and the, their tools. So um, I'm happy. I'm, I'm blessed to end up here. You know, I've always wanted to live in Seattle.
0: Have uh, you? Why? Yeah. Why is that?
2: Like, I've never been this far north and this far west. Now, I've been to a lot of states. You know, we have family everywhere, and we, we try to travel all the time. You know, I've been to California, I've been to Florida, I've been to the Carolinas, you know, Georgia, um, Texas, Louisiana, Wyoming, Kansas, Missouri, St. Louis, you know, New York. All, like, I've been all over the place, but I've never been to Washington or Oregon. I've still never been to Oregon. I've never been to North and South Dakota. You don't um, need to go to Oregon. Yeah, Oregon, there's not much there. <laughs> but I've always wanted to live in Seattle. I don't know where it was. I'm not sure. Like, I, I just like the whole, the whole vibe
1: yeah.
2: in Seattle, I think it just fits me well.
1: It's, it's a cool city. And, you know, I ended up, you know, moving here because of my wife and everything. But it's just, it's awesome. And then the other thing is, you know, you don't know until you go somewhere else. I went to Denver, and I don't mind stringing out the Denver fans. They were tough, man. They were horrible. I we were two and fourteen. I never heard any boos or anybody screaming and yelling. You go to Denver I went to Denver for three years. You lose one game and man they're all over you. Just calling you names and everything. And so this is a place where I think the loyalty from the fans
2: is like none other. Oh yeah, without a doubt. I think I think twelves are uh amazing group of group of fans. You know, and I've I've been in like I was in Philly. You know Philly, Philly fans, man. <laughs> yeah, I got, they I got, boot Santa Claus there. Yeah, yeah. penny yeah. pennies. Uh, <laughs> I, I love I love Philly. You know what I mean? Uh, I like the energy they bring when it comes to sports teams. But it's only that way when they're winning. You know what I mean? Like yeah. obviously, obviously, you're gonna have your diehard Eagles fans. But here here in Seattle, you know the twelves are. Yeah. Set the bar pretty, pretty dang high. They're the best. It's, it's They're the best. Pretty See, pretty I was look.
1: Yeah, I was right. hoping for some cheap a applause. Cheap, very cheap. There. I thought I was going to get, but yeah. <laughs> that's a, that's pretty good though. Uh, who do you hang out with the most? Oh. This team. Mm. Are you guys pretty tight? Like you? Yeah, are, I you would rookie say, guys.
2: Yeah, I'd say the, the defensive rookies. You know, is more of us. You know, on the offense side, it's just it's Will and Caleb and. Alex McGee on, the, on, the, on that right. side so
1: you got you you got Trey you got Shaquem you got yeah. Rasheem
2: um, Puna Puna
1: who else am I missing or is that about it
2: AC good. I out with have Austin Calitro
1: oh Calitro mm-hmm. second year guy mm-hmm.
2: yeah good group of guys yeah I would say that that's pretty. That's our squad right there pretty much like, that's, that's uh, who I kick it with the most what do you like doing off the field Um, like on my days off yeah spare uh, time my spare time I like to relax my spare time. I mean, just like my spare time is pretty much like now. What's relaxing? <laughs> Sleeping? Sleep. You know, get get in the playbook a little bit, check out the iPads, look at the notes from, from that day's practice, you know, and that's pretty much it. But, like, on days off, after a game or something like that, I'm, a big, I'm big into photography. Oh, cool. Um, so I, I go out and try to take it. I've, I've still not. I want to go to this place. I think it's called Olympic Park or something like that or yeah. Olympia Park or something like that. You know what? NASA, we'll have to hook him up with my bartender. I got a
1: bartender, Isaiah, over here that's into photography. Yeah. yeah NASA's around that, here somewhere. That, uh, but,
0: that, yeah. was, that was random.
1: Well, I just thought, I, I love that I have my own personal bartender. Yeah,
0: yeah I, who's yeah, a photographer. There. Oh, and that's, photographer, yeah. You, know, you but, could probably talk to Corky and, then, and some uh, of the Corky, other guys there. And, yeah,
1: and Rodmar. Rodmar. Rod, Marr. Rod Marr. You, you yeah. talk to those guys. Oh, yeah, I
2: talk to Rod all the time. Rod's I've been awesome. trying to To convince them to let me shoot practice, apparently they pay photographers like two hundred fifty dollars, t- like a practice. Yeah. So I'm trying, I'm trying to get on with that. You're trying to find
1: some extra money <laughs> yeah. along the way. Paul needs a photographer hey, for his daughter's wedding. I do. Oh,
0: okay. I wait, wait, to, wait, wait, wait. Are yeah. you serious? It's this I'll, Saturday. I'll,
1: I'll take it. <laughs> well, I my wife's over there. You arranged. may have to go and convince it's her. It's been arranged. You might be busy yeah. Saturday too. It, um, if it, you showed up and said, "This is my first wedding." Uh, I'm a great photographer. I don't know. I'm I a great photographer. You. I'm a great photographer. I well, good you. for you, man. That's <laughs> awesome. I'm I'm glad you got you got other stuff going on off the field. You're a great young man. We really appreciate yeah. you coming here, Jake. And uh, best of luck to you this year. Thank you. Appreciate yeah. that. Thanks been, very much. Let's hear watching, it for Jake yeah. Martin. Thank you. Great job. Good luck to you. Go get some sacks. All right, you're listening to uh, Hawks Live here at Pearl Seafood and Oyster Bar. I want to thank them. And uh, every week we have an in-person interview like Jacob Martin. And don't miss the show. It's at 7 o'clock every Thursday night. And I want to thank our sponsors right now, Heritage Distillings Batch Number no. 12 Vodka and Legendary Donuts. Coming up next, we're joined by my co-host of Misfit Radio, Danny O'Neill. That's right here next on Hawks Live. Hawks live at Pearl Seafood and Oyster Bar in
0: Bellevue's Lincoln Square. Brought to you by Heritage Distilling's Batch Number Twelve Vodka and Legendary Donuts on seven hundred and ten ESPN Seattle.
1: Hey, welcome back to Hawks Live, Dave Wyman and Paul Moyer, and it's uh, time to talk to my favorite guest. Yeah, Danny O'Neill. Yeah. Danny, how are you? I'm
3: good. How are you guys? You're sounding good.
1: And I'll tell you what—we just talked to a fantastic kid. We got to get him on our show, Jacob Martin. He was—he was great. What yeah. a squared away guy! And it just makes you excited, Danny, about this this rookie class. And he talked about you know the guys that he hangs out with, and uh, you know
3: those guys are going to be growing up in this program together. And uh, really cool to talk to Jacob. That rookie class, I think, Dave. We we talked about it a couple of weeks ago is kind of will this team go as far as these rookies can carry them and it sounds weird because you've got established stars like Russell Wilson and Bobby Wagner and, and du- Dwayne Brown Earl Thomas but they're relying an awful lot on these rookies to play an awful lot of snaps already and, and I, I, I do think that this is if Seattle is going to have a successful season it's going to be because young guys and specifically rookies are able to step up and be contributors
0: I was just listening to him. Danny, what's your thoughts here? I mean, I think people panic so much, particularly after two games on the road. Both games were in it, have a chance to uh, to win it, and we really did. I know some people say, no, we were down 14. No, we were down seven before that interception. It felt like the momentum was on our side. And I thought we played well enough against Denver also to, to win that. We had the lead in the fourth quarter. But, you know, what's just your sense right now? I I feel like there's athletes on this team that are just trying to figure out how to win together, but uh, give
3: me your sense. Well, I'm probably in the group that's closer toward panicking and looking at it, and specifically just because of the offense, that I I don't think their offense has looked significantly improved from a year ago, and I would think with all the changes they made, offensive coordinator, offensive line coach, the draft pick with, with Rashad Penny, that they really made a a commitment to running the ball better. And I haven't seen, I haven't seen much evidence that they're going to be better at it. Even when they have, they have run the ball, which, which they haven't done enough for everybody's liking, including the coaches. I've wondered, I don't see an offense that's going to function better and thought maybe they're having the growing pains of having a new coordinator. I, I get what you're saying, Paul, and that's probably the better and more accurate perspective is that, Hey, look! This team always struggles on the road in September, and they've had a couple tough games. But let's not freak out. But I got to admit, I'm I'm among that group that's that's leaning toward the freak out right now.
0: Yeah, obviously this week's a big one, but I, I'm going to push back a little bit on the running game because I, I threw a stat out there because uh, I think they're trying to run it and and they want to run it. They're not going to run it in two minute warning or the two minute you know drill at the end of the half and at the end of the game. They're not going to run it, most likely, during third down. So let's look at all the other plays uh, in that situation. And there were 15 um, first-down plays if you took two minutes out of the equation and, and third downs along Is this the way. the
1: last two weeks or just last This was week?
0: last week, and it's actually the same the week before, too. But I had it fresh in my brain, so that's why I'm using this number. Of those 15 first-down plays, they ran the ball ten times and threw it five. And so I'm going it's hard to commit to the run it's to me it's more of a perception if you're three and out and not converting on third down and, and or four and out, it, it's hard to go run it four times in a row when you only had three plays and then you put in the two minute warning you know drives and third down it skews the numbers that it looks like we're throwing it a ton so i'm just i'm just pushing back on that because i i don't think that is the case now i don't know if we've been super successful
3: but you look at the numbers of Carson, his his yards per carry is pretty good. Yards per carry are pretty good. But, uh, Paul, what you just said I think points to maybe what I see as a deeper underlying problem, which is that when they've run, there's not been a lot of success. They haven't set themselves up to stay on schedule. And, look, they convert and are better – convert a few more third downs, and probably some of these statistics look different. But I haven't seen an overwhelming amount of – examples of like oh my gosh their runs they're they're gashing them this is this is going to be they're going to be successful doing this they've had a couple spectacular plays but there's been a lot they I, I felt that they were running the ball into the second quarter and they still weren't able to extend drives and that's a troubling trend
1: you know it's it's funny we we talked about this all day today on our show is that I it just feel like they haven't gotten to where they want to be and paul you had some incredible numbers on play action pass that uh that you know we'll, we'll probably talk about if you can maybe hint to them uh, tease it ahead a little bit but yeah you know what we're trying to do is we're trying to get russell to play action pass where you know i always say this theoretically you know I, as far as my observations go I think he's really good in play action pass but mm-hmm. you had some numbers that were like ridiculous Well you know again these are after
0: two games so you know we don't have a huge sample size but just to throw this out at you when Russell Wilson did, has done play action pass he's completing 80% of his passes his quarterback rating is 158 and his yards per attempt is 18.5 when he doesn't play action pass his, complete, or his quarterback rating is 62. His yards per attempt is 5.7. That's a 12-yard difference. And his completion percentage is, is about 56. What, what, so now I'm trying to dig into the numbers a, a little bit more. And, again, it's a very small sample size. We, we've only play-action pass, one of the least in the league, around 14%. And if you go back to 12, 13, 14, 15, we are closer to 30% play-action pass. And it's remarkable, Danny, when you watch it, when we do play action at hard, what it does to their linebacker, Their linebackers are up in the hole. There's all times of room, uh, space for the wide receivers. It's easy for Russell to see the field more. And so I'm assuming, though, <laughs> they look, the coaches know this stuff, too. My, my guess is we're going to see some more play action passes.
3: Well, and that, that I think points to, and David had said, hey, two, their two best plays this year. The, the, the touchdown pass to Will Disley and the, the touchdown pass to Tyler Lockett both came off of play-action pass and look yeah. that, that, the fact that they're not uh, they're what the 29th team in the league in rushing and play-action pass is yeah. still that effective wh- what it tells you is man you should be doing that an awful lot because they don't even need to establish the run for the play-action pass as they run it to be successful
1: yeah, it's so true. And it's, uh, you know, the timing, I think a lot of it has to do, and Paul, mate, you can probably relate to this, but, you know, Boomer Esiason, I thought he was like the best at play action. I think that that's where Russell is. It's just hard for linebackers to tell, you know, exactly what they're doing. And especially when you run that zone blocking, it looks like pass blocking. It could be pass blocking, could be run blocking. So, you know, either way. But Danny, what do you, uh, What do you expect from the offense as far as what's going to shake out, do you think, uh, as far as the running back? That was such a mystifying thing that happened, and we we talked about it all day today about, you know, they went Chris Carson, and then, you know, what about C.J. Procise? They had a Mike Davis stint there for a while. It was kind of
3: strange what happened at running back. It was strange, and I don't think it was indicative of what we're going to see going forward. I, I think you'll see Chris Carson get the majority of the carries. I do think Rashad Penny... And w- we've all talked about this. I-, I thought he looked better this past week, and Pete made mention of the-, the work he did and that he apparently lost eight pounds over the course of the week. He, he looked good oh, really? and explosive. So <laughs> I-, I think that that's a great sign for them because I think that it- it- you need two running backs, it- it- giving them that separate and another threat there. But Carson has looked to be the better of the two players so far. He's looked, and, and I-, I-, I think we were all surprised we didn't see him more. I don't think that we've gotten an explanation for it. I think Pete's kind of left that. He's taken the bullet and stood up and said, hey, it's my fault, I misread the situation. And it's not an accident that he hasn't cleared up what had happened. I just hope that doesn't carry over, and I don't think it will. I think we'll see Chris Carson get the majority of the carries this week. Yeah,
0: that'll be interesting. Um, You know, On the third play, they they ran a trap, and and Chris Carson, I thought he missed two reads on it. I thought he could have bounced it outside, And there was a a potential big play there, or if he cut it back. It it was actually blocked very well. He just didn't see it. And I thought, well, maybe they, you know, he's been doing something in practice that, you know, called for Penny to be in there. But so you don't think there's any underlying thing going on uh, with uh,
3: Carson and and Penny played last week? I think it was related to the game situation. And I don't think, I, I, I think all of that will be squared away. Now, Rashad Rashad Penny might get more opportunities and it might be closer to 50-50 than they had planned a week ago but but that's because Penny's looked better and not because Carson remains that that they've they've gone away from him I, I, I think that they were pleased with how Penny looked last week but I expect Carson to get the start and Carson to be the top back.
1: Danny, I want you to know that Angelo and Mikey and Sarah are here and they miss you. Well, I miss them okay. too. And also, yeah, and also, uh, the Browns won, Danny. No, I saw they that. Didn't. What? Yeah, they did. No. Yes. yes they did win. Do you they know who no, Are people goodness. actually applauding that? People ah. are clapping, including Paul's wife, Heather, people clapping in that Cleveland the Browns. They're crying. Like they feel sorry
3: for him. Well, this isn't the end of the show, folks. That, that, <laughs> that means the coolers have people popped like, open. The Victory Coolers yeah, in Cleveland are now open. What was the deal on that,
1: Danny? The free Bud Light or something like that? Bud Light had stocked that work?
3: Bud Light had stocked Victory Coolers in a number of Cleveland bars that were programmed to re- be oh opened God. by remote control when the Browns won, which they now have. And uh, they've been sealed for like 2 years now.
0: Well, yeah, so. yeah, hey, yeah, Danny, be- before y- Sorry about that. Hey, before you leave, we're at home this week. We got the Cowboys. The 12s are going to be in full force. It's going to be crazy. The weather's going to be good. My daughter will have just been married, so life will be— <laughs> the, the, the heavens will have parted at that point. But give me a, give me a little prediction for this week.
3: I, I think it's going to be a close game. I think it will go all the way down to the end. I do think Seattle will get them 24-20.
1: There we, there we go. I needed that some that good boy Danny. Something good there. All right, Danny, thanks for joining us. Really appreciate it, buddy. You bet, you guys Talk sound to you great. Have a good night. Great. Thanks, right, Danny. Take care. There goes Danny O'Neill. Coming up next, we'll get some quick cowboy preview a little bit, final thoughts from Paul and I, and that's next on Hawks Live
0: hawks live at pearl seafood and oyster bar in bellevue's lincoln square brought to you by heritage distilling's batch number 12 vodka and legendary
1: donuts on 710 espn seattle welcome back to hawks live dave wyman and paul moyer and I want to thank pearl oyster and seafood bar for the delicious dinner before the show tonight we had the grilled pork chops just come on down to pearl to enjoy all the drink and food specials they have going on during today's show paul let's uh let's talk about what's going on with the cowboys and uh, what kind of an opponent are they i the, the thing i saw their week one they were disappointed obviously they lost at carolina a pretty good team but they scored eight points. Uh, all were in the fourth quarter, so they struggled a little bit, but they kind of found uh, a little bit of a, a sweet spot last week, beat the Giants at home. They're a one and one team. What strikes you most about this Cowboy team coming in here?
0: Well, it, it was an offense that, you know, two years ago was feared. The best offensive line in the NFL by a long shot. And They've, they've got some injuries since. I mean, they've lost, you know, two guys or center particularly, which... You know, Pro Bowl guys, um, and I think also just the drop a little bit in Dak Prescott. And I say a little. Um, I, I don't think he has the horses around him to throw to, and, and the line's not as good. I mean, he was protected his his first two years. That was a, a great you know pass protection group. But just for them to be ranked thirtieth offensively, when you think of you know Dak Prescott, you think of Ezekiel Elliott. They're running the ball still pretty well, though. Ezekiel Elliott's got 147 yards. He's averaging 4.6 yards per carry. Um, it's, it's an offense that may be similar to ours. You know, they're, you know, they've got some receivers right now that, you know, trying to figure out who they're going to throw to. Uh, Cole Beasley's the, the main target. He's, he's had nine receptions, but he's only averaging 9.6 yards per catch. So their yards per, per attempt is, is down. That's what surprises me. And what really surprises me, Dave, I'll let you talk about this more, is their defense is third or fourth in the league. They've got nine sacks, and they're getting it from a lot of different people.
1: Well, and it, it kind of worries you because the Seahawks have given up 12 sacks, six per game. And you've got another tough assignment coming in. And it's that way in the NFL, week in, week out, a new challenge Demarcus Lawrence. Has 25-and-a-half sacks. Guy from Boise State. Yeah, got to love it. In his fifth year. And his first year, he didn't get any. And then uh, 25-and-a-half in the last four. And so this is his fifth year in the league. Good pass rusher. Decent. I've always liked um, the the linebacker group that they have there. And uh, they got Jalen Smith there. And also... uh, you know, they've got Sean Lee, Sean I, Lee. I think he's, he's a little bit banged up right now. So. Seems like he's always banged up. Yeah, he is, exactly. So it's going to be another challenge for the Seahawks. I just, you know, what I want to see, and really it's not about the Cowboys in my mind. It's about what the Seahawks do and what they're able to get established on offense. And, you know, that's really the key. I don't worry about the defense, especially after the performance last week of how they stepped up against a Chicago Bear team that has, I don't want to say it was complimentary Complicated, but they had a lot of different moving parts, and they for did. a bunch of young guys, it made me nervous going into the game. Yeah, I mean they, they had the, it really well. They had the option, they had the fly sweep going, and guys like Rasheen Green just played it really well. So I was I was pretty happy with uh, the performance. I don't think there's anything from Dallas's offense that this defense can't handle. They're gonna. Have to, I mean, look,
0: they got to make them one-dimensional. I mean, you know, to go the old cliches, they, they have got to stop the run. They got to get them into third-down situations. Let the twelves be an advantage. There is one thing that's interesting to me about Dallas. So, of their nine sacks, it's come from eight different guys. Yeah. So they're they're sending you know sl- you know nickels off the slot. They're bringing backers. We are gonna have to. We've got to run the football. Uh, and, and you know. I know we're committed to it, but we got to really commit to it because we can't be coming up th- from third down and eight, third down and 12. we got to get them off balance. I, would lo- I-, I-, I talked about this uh, on one of the- your shows uh, at-, at 710 uh, ESPN, and they said, well, what would you do? And I go, well, Russell loves up-tempo. Then let's start the game up-tempo. You- 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 you're going to script it. You know how quickly that you can go in motion and change the formations, and you can do a quick substitute in and out and keep them off balance and keep them from substituting. You don't have to do a steady diet of it the whole game, but kind of like Tampa Bay, they start with their closer in the first inning. Yeah. Let's start with our two-minute offense in the first drive. Let's see if we can score a touchdown because we haven't done it in 31 games and just get some confidence going. So,
1: there's some debate with that. I feel like that would be the hurry up and three and out offense. They're already
0: three and out and though, that Dave. That could have
1: been, that could be the case. You
0: know, if they I, throw three incomplete passes, your defense is back. And again, I'm not saying a steady diet, I'm just going, there's, there's clearly a comfort level for Russell Wilson uh, when he does it. And look, you yeah. could go, you can, it's not hurry up, it's not two minute, it's just. We're not huddling we're, we're shifting quick we're changing formations we can run the ball three times in a row if they're confused and i think he likes that so let's start with a little high tempo then we can back down off that we can go back to it again i'm just think we got to do something to change it up and sometimes as a coach you go let's just do something off the wall just so the guys are so engaged and, and maybe they it hits and we get some confidence
1: yeah, it's, it's very mysterious what's going on with the offense. And I just uh, I, fit, I feel like it's, it's tough to predict just because we haven't seen them get to what they really want to do. And, you know, they've gotten to the play-action pass without having really established a running game. And that's what we really want to see. I think it can be really effective. But, you know, two favorite plays, play-action passes this year that resulted in touchdowns in Denver.
0: As a coordinator, defensive coordinator, Dave, last question I'll throw at you. Because for me, one of my biggest fears as a secondary coach were double moves, Yeah. Pl- pump things. Because we've scouted them. I know what they're going to do. We settle in the game, and you you think by formation and the way they've stemmed off the line, I know what's coming. And then, boom, they're behind me. Yeah. I would just love to see us do more of that. We've been successful in the past. It gets guys to not just jump a three-step drop hitch. It, it creates some space for you and, and uncertainty
1: so I, I feel like they haven 't gotten the chance to get to that yeah you know, 're you know, probably right teams are jumping the routes early, knowing their pass rush is going to get there with the twelve sacks, and they haven 't been able to get to those second and you know move so there 's no time for a wheel route from a running back there 's no time for a slant and go or a stop and go whatever and uh, you know I think that 's just because of the timing for for Russell he faced. A couple of really good pass rushes, and so hopefully they'll get to that point where they're able to do that. And the only way they've been able to do that, throw the ball deep, is with play-action pass yep, just I to agree. hold up, hold up the pass rush. So, well, thanks for everybody for coming tonight. Great show, I thought. Jacob Martin was fantastic. Made, he was Made great, the whole show. I want to thank uh, Danny O'Neill and uh, of course John Clayton, Paul Moyer. Uh, good luck with your beautiful daughter's thank wedding. Thank you. Yeah, excited. You'll him. be there. We'll yeah, be partying Saturday. To be there. And a special thanks to our producer, Curtis Rogers, our engineer, Brenna Hutchison, uh, promotions manager, Jessica Kelly, our board op, Brian Schoening, back in the studio, and our awesome street team here, of course. And, of course, our especially ex- good executive producer.
0: producer? Say that <laughs> ten times right, got, real fast.
1: You know what? I, I get that down. That's easy. If you look how it's spelled, it doesn't look anything like that. But I couldn't do executive producer. Thanks, NASA, for everything NASA show. We really appreciate it. We'll see you back here next Thursday on Hawks Live.